Hi, I'm Brennan Mercer. No, I'm just kidding. It's me, Joshua. How are you, Cyber Pals? I don't know where Brandon is. I think he uh, spontaneously decided to go to uh, BSD Can. So I'm just going to record by myself tonight. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2016, and this is episode 29 of Garbage. And I'm just going to uh, follow up on some stuff I talked about last week. Uh, first off, the uh, net PBM stuff that I was talking about to replace Image Magic. I finally uh, tinkered with it enough where I got it uh, basically doing the same thing it was doing before. Um, in last week's show, I was saying that uh, I had to cut out the ability to uh, resize the image with uh, preserving the scale, and then it would center the image uh, with a transparent uh, sides or top and bottom. So I figured out how to do that in uh, NetPBM, so it's now uh, doing all that properly, and I will post a link to the uh, series of commands that you have to run uh, in the show notes. It's a bit longer than I would have liked, and you have to use a uh, couple intermediate files, but uh, whatever. So uh, the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the HP Chromebook 13 that I am uh, working on to get uh, OpenBSD running on it. Uh, last week I was saying that I couldn't get the, uh, bottom case off, and Brandon said that it was probably under some rubber feet, and I said that I took the rubber feet off and there was nothing under there, and I was wrong. Uh, there are two long rubber strips that go along, uh, like horizontally on the bottom of the laptop, and if you pull them all the way off, uh, it looks like there's nothing underneath, but there's actually another layer of plastic sticky stuff under the sticky stuff you just pulled off. So if you pull those also off, there are more screws under there. So big surprise, that's why I couldn't get the case off. So once you remove those uh, screws, you can quite easily get the bottom case off. Um, and I took some pictures, which I will link to in the show notes if you're curious what the uh, insides of it looks like. Uh, it's pretty boring. Um, the... Intel Wi-Fi card is, uh, you can swap that out if you need to, but you shouldn't because it works fine in OpenBSD. Um, but if you do want to flash a new core boot or something like that, you can uh, remove the right protect screw, which is uh, also under there. So uh, since I got all that off, um, but I didn't really actually need to, um, I looked into getting OpenBSD working on it, and the main issue that I had was that once you boot the um, like a USB drive or the ISO, the bootloader would load. It would show the text on the screen, and then as soon as the kernel uh, loaded into memory, it would just stop working. And I couldn't tell what it was doing. And through some uh, weird debugging, I realized that it it is actually booting, and it was actually uh, panicking. And so if I would just change the kernel on my USB drive to uh, reboot. As soon as it would panic, um, it would do that. As soon as the kernel would load, like, you know, half a second later, it would reboot. So I knew that it was actually working. So I started uh, implementing um, some code to, I removed the part where it would reboot on panic. And then I started uh, adding like a CPU underscore reset call in various places to see how far it would get. So it would either hang and do nothing, in which case it was panicking, or it would in, uh, it would reboot, which means that it got past a certain line of code um, that I wanted to verify that it was running. So uh, I basically worked through a lot of the earlier code that's in like the um, kern slash 
init underscore main dot C, which, uh, as the name implies, is the main function in the uh, kernel, which is where the whole thing starts. So it was getting through um, a lot of the early initialization stuff, and then once it got into the um, basically where it would walk the device tree and start loading stuff is where it would panic. And once it got to there, I mean, it could have been any device, and so it was going to take me way too long to diagnose that uh, to figure out which device it was actually panicking in. And obviously since I can't see what's on the screen and I have no serial console, uh, trying to figure out where it's panicking is the main problem. So, uh, one thing that I wanted to try was that, uh, when you, when OpenBSD panics and then reboots, uh, it stores the previous, uh, basically what outputs in D message in memory. And so when you reboot, it knows that previous D message is there and just starts appending to it, which is why if you reboot your machine a few times, you'll usually see like three full D messages in there, depending on your architecture. Um, so since I could run code in the bootloader and see the output, uh, I added a command to the boot uh, program, which would basically dump the contents of the memory to the screen. Uh, and basically just keep scrolling it. And because the Chromebooks, well, I'll get to it later, but basically it was going slow enough that I could basically just read the code, read the memory on the screen. And so then I uh, modify the code to basically search the entire memory space for the string OpenBSD, because that should be the, where the previous D message started. So that um, hopefully if I could find the previous D message output, I could see what the panic string was and then kind of go from there. Well, for whatever reason, I couldn't, um, I, you know, I dumped all of the memory. I couldn't find the previous OpenBSD string. Um, and I later, after I figured out all this stuff, learned that it's because core boot is actually uh, initializing a lot of that memory. So it was actually clearing all that stuff uh, on each reboot. So that didn't work. Um, so then the next thing was I was starting to read about how Coreboot stores its internal uh, logs. In Coreboot, there's like a section of um, memory that it would dedicate to storing a Coreboot console, like memory buffer. And then as like Coreboot and CBIOS and things load, they can just append to that uh, memory console, uh, basically that buffer. And then from like Linux or Chrome OS or whatever, you can dump that uh that string or that buffer and see what's in there. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just make the OpenBSD kernel start printing that stuff to that CBMEM uh, buffer so that I can then reboot and read it out of the boot command. Well, same thing. When you reboot, Coreboot reinitializes that whole buffer over again. So no matter what you put in there, as soon as the machine reboots, it would just uh, be all cleared. So I wouldn't be able to see what the what the actual panic was. So now I was getting kind of, um, at the end of my wits, this was basically a few days into it and I didn't, uh, know how else to, um, debug this as far as being able to see what's on the screen and, uh, eventually use it. So eventually I started, uh, looking into core boot and CBIOS and trying to figure out why I can't actually see anything on the screen. And, um, Basically, the way that it works is that Coreboot is the first thing that boots on the machine, and it has all of the the like specific video uh, BIOS stuff inside of the ROM for the particular Skylake machine that uh, this HP Chromebook 13 is. 
So it knows how to initialize the video, which is something that the OpenBSD kernel does not because we don't have that new Linux code to um, initialize Skylake and use X with it. So what CBIOS is doing is actually letting Coreboot initialize the video itself. And Coreboot does this when it first turns on and then it shows you the splash image of you know Chrome OS booting. And then in my case, now it shows the scary developer mode uh, screen. So it initializes the video and presents a frame buffer. And so when C uh, Coreboot passes the torch to uh, CBIOS to continue running, CBIOS just doesn't do anything with the video. It leaves the frame buffer the way it is and assumes that it's it's working properly. And this is why the OpenBSD bootloader is able to um, draw text to it because it's using the old, the legacy BIOS calls to basically just throw a character up on the screen. And then the BIOS, which in this case is CBIOS, is uh, translating that call. The This is like an int 10 call. It's translating that into um, drawing that font, like drawing that text on the frame buffer that Coreboot has initialized. But once the OpenBSD bootloader passes execution to the kernel, uh, one of the first things that the kernel does is try to probe for a VGA card and then start talking to the VGA device um, in you know, the, the way that a normal operating system would, which is with like VGA, uh, the particular VGA registers, because it can't use the int 10 calls because that's only allowed in uh, when the machine or when the CPU is in real mode, which is what happens when it's running the bootloader. So now that the kernel is running in protected mode, um, it can't do those int 10 calls and it tries to talk to the actual video card, which is not there because for whatever reason, CBIOS doesn't actually implement that. Um, it only does the old legacy stuff. I guess they assume that you're using it to boot a normal operating system like Windows or Linux that actually has a driver for the native video. And so once that operating system loads, it can actually take over, um, you know, doing the proper video stuff. So with that in mind, um, I decided to write a frame buffer driver for the OpenBSD kernel so that once the kernel loaded, it could actually just start talking to that core boot um, frame buffer, uh, kind of bypassing CBIOS. Uh, this is the same way that uh, the EFI frame buffer driver works in OpenBSD. Um, it's basically just sending uh, the you know, drawing commands to the EFI uh, frame buffer and letting it draw on the on the screen however it can. So I basically just took the EFI uh, FB driver and um, reused a lot of it that set up like the um, the code that actually draws like loads a font and then draws that on the screen. And then I added all of the core boot specific stuff to it which is loading, um, and this was all code that I had written for the bootloader when I was trying to do the CBMM stuff. So it was all, a lot of it was the same, where it was basically loading, or it was trying to find the core boot, uh, like main table in memory, and then it would parse that, do the checksum, figure, and then walk each uh, device that is listed in that table. And these are devices like, um, like the frame buffer, the, uh, the console device that it was using before, and then there's um, some other things in there that um, are not important. So once it could find the frame buffer device, it would parse uh, that 
table entry and then that table entry says like what the um, address is of the console how much memory it has how many bytes per line the color uh, specific stuff and then um, I basically just tied that to the old to the um, code that's already in the OpenBSD kernel that handles the font loading and and dealing with colors and all that stuff so basically to write this it was very tricky to like to to basically just do this blindly and hope that it all works. So since I was using, um, I've been doing all of this stuff on my Chromebook by way of booting a USB disc, and then I would just plug it back into my laptop, into my um, MacBook, and then run QEMU on my Mac, and then it would um, and pass it the USB drive. So it could, I could basically basically boot OpenBSD in a working environment uh, in QEMU, and then pass that same drive to the actual Chromebook to see if it can boot the same kernel. Well, the problem with QEMU is that it just boots CBIOS directly. It doesn't use core boot. Um, and I may be wrong about that, but at least the way that it was set up, it was not the same as it, the way that it works on the uh, Chromebook. So CBIOS was basically just loading and then presenting an actual like text console, like uh, a really old school one where OpenBSD would work fine. So um, I needed to duplicate the setup on my Chromebook in QMU. So I basically had to recompile Coreboot and CBIOS and use the same settings, which is that Coreboot sets up a frame buffer of an arbitrary size. And then when it there's a setting in there that you say don't reset the uh, frame buffer when passing to Coreboot. So Coreboot would then see the, the frame buffer and then continue drawing on it. So once I compiled that, which required you know installing a uh, setting up a um, Linux virtual machine somewhere because for some reason you have to compile an entirely new tool chain with GCC and all this stuff, even though it's all compiling for x86, but that's how Coreboot is set up. So I did all that under a Linux uh, VM, got the Coreboot ROM built, copied it back to the uh, my MacBook, and then fired up QEMU telling it to use the ROM that I had just built. And so now when I boot QEMU, you get a graphical frame buffer that CBIOS then tries to draw on. And then um, I verified that I got the same problem, which is that the OpenBSD bootloader can draw fine. And then once it loads the kernel, it doesn't get anything. Well, at least with QEMU, I can tell it to uh, give me a serial console so that made it a lot easier to diagnose stuff specifically with the new frame buffer code that I was writing. And then, so I eventually um, iterated on it a bit and fixed some bugs and booted up QEMU with a normal console and it just magically worked. It was drawing the D message or like the kernel output on the frame buffer and I could interact with it, you know, like you know, like you would with the EFI frame buffer or with even, you know, a normal, um, the like Intel DRM console where uh, you can do boot dash C and interact with UKC and um, you know you see all the boot output and everything. Uh, you just don't get the scroll back, which is not a not a big issue. So with that running, um, I unplugged the drive, put it back into the Chromebook, and booted it, and the frame buffer came right up and it worked great. Um, and I could finally see where it was panicking, which was uh, pretty early on. It was in the ACPI timer. Uh, driver and so I looked into that to see why it was panicking and um, it turned out to be because 
that ACPI timer device is now optional with ACPI 5, and that's what I guess the Chromebook is set, set up for. So it basically has an ACPI timer entry in, that, in, in its tables, but it says that the length of it and the address of it are zero. So it's there, I guess, for whatever reason, but you're supposed to ignore it. So after looking through Linux's um, code to see how it handles that, uh, there's a nice shiny comment in there that says, according to, you know, as of ACPI 5, ACPI timer devices are optional. So I just added a little check in our ACPI timer driver that says if the length is uh, zero, then just skip it because there are other ACPI timing devices that would attach shortly after. Um, and with that out of the way, the uh, OpenBSC booted all the way to multi-user on the HP Chromebook 13. So uh, I was pretty happy about that, and I got to that point uh, yesterday. So now that I had a basically working OpenBSD uh, installation running on my uh, Chromebook, I could uh, you know move on to other fixing other things, which is um, I tested the IWM driver. It worked perfectly, um, so that's awesome. Uh, the USB-C works. Um, I have a USB-C Ethernet device that I had plugged in, and it so it just showed up fine. Some things that don't work are obviously X doesn't work. So Visa should work. Uh, like if you do start X, it tries to load the Visa driver, and then it the resolutions that it gets out of the Visa information that CBIOS is providing are invalid. Like X won't start because it says it doesn't have enough memory to load the. Uh, to try the resolution at the at the color that it wants to do. So I may have to like hack through that and, and try and get that working. Or I might just uh, create a simple XORG driver that can draw directly on the uh, the frame buffer instead of having to go through CBIOS um, and then have CBIOS translate all the Visa stuff back into the core boot uh, frame buffer. So I can just bypass that. It might be a little quicker. I don't know. Um, but the problem is that the core boot frame buffer is apparently being presented to uh, or is being presented at only 1920 by 1080 I think it was um, it's one of the like standard visa modes but the display is actually 3200 by 1800 I think so I'm not sure if um, I'm going to have to recompile core boot and then reflash it under that machine to get it to present a uh, frame buffer at that actual size. Um, I would really like to avoid having to do that so that basically OpenBSD would work on a stock, um, on this stock Chromebook without having to like, you know, open it up and remove the right protect screw and all that stuff. Cause basically everything that I've been doing so far, uh, has not required any modifications of the laptop. Um, and those steps so far are, um, to basically enable developer mode and then you set the flags to boot off of USB and to boot legacy by default. And then there's another script you can set to tweak um, even more settings in core boot, which basically set the, uh, to show that developer, the scary warning developer screen, to show that for only a short amount of time, and then to try and boot uh, CBIOS by default. So now when I power on the machine, you get the scary developer screen for like um, maybe half a second, or a second, and then it flips to core boot by default. So then if you want to boot uh, Chrome OS, you can just hit Control-D, and it'll boot that, whereas before it would try and boot uh, 
Chrome OS by default, and you had to do Control L to boot CBIOS. So I'm going to try and write a simple X driver to get uh, at least something displaying on the screen and see, you know, how it comes up and what it looks like, and if it's usable. And if not, um, I'll go down the uh, the core boot modification route and try and get a uh, a native frame buffer at 3200 by whatever, uh, if that's even possible. And uh, I guess that'll have to hold me over until uh, Katenis or JSG uh, or finishes the uh, the Linux syncing to get the new uh, Intel DRM code from them that will basically get uh, full Skylake support. Um, I asked Mark today and he said that it's not going to make OpenBSD 6, which is in a few months. So I guess I have at least a few months um, where I won't have a good uh, X environment. But I guess uh, for now, this will have to work. Um, and I guess that's about it. I didn't really have anything else to uh, talk about. And since I can't banter with uh, my co-host, uh, I guess I'll just leave it at that. You can reach us on Twitter at GarbageFM and through our website at Garbage.FM. Uh, Brandon, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at NoMercyMod with a K and O W. Was that a good Brandon impression? Probably not. Uh, I'm on the web at jcs.org and on Twitter at jcs.